just hearing music, period. It truly transcends racial barriers, spiritual barriers, you know, gender. It, it, if you're carrying around a musical instrument, it is bound to strike up a conversation. It never fails. Welcome to First Person, a weekly conversation. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and today we'll talk with concert violinist Shanoa Alamu about her music and the importance of music education for children. The interview will begin in just a moment. I'm very glad you've joined us for this week's program. As we talk with people each week, you may or may not recognize their names, but each guest has a unique story to tell, and I enjoy bringing them to you. For the audio archive of all of these conversations, please visit our website, firstpersoninterview.com, or use our smartphone app to download any interview for listening at your convenience. And our Facebook page is where you can leave comments about what you hear. Look us up at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Once again, that's facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Shanoa Alamu is a gifted musician who serves the Lord with her talent. We were introduced by our mutual friend Michael Card, and Shanoa often accompanies Michael on the violin. On a recent trip to Chicago, I invited her to come to the studio with her violin and talk to me about music and music education for children. But I asked her to start by telling how she started in music. I started playing violin or taking lessons at age three, believe really? it or not. Yes. Now, I've heard about the Suzuki kids. Yes. But you weren't one of those, were you? Oh, yes. Really? <laughs> yes. I started uh, the Suzuki Violin Method at age three and completed all 10 books um, by age 13 and um, went on to attend a performing arts high school, um, received a bachelor's and master's degree from the Cincinnati Conservatory of Music. So let's just say uh, age three kind of... Uh, propelled a series of events or circumstances that turned out to be out of my control. It was one of those things where the violin found me as Mm. opposed to me finding it. There are a lot of parents looking at their three-year-old right now saying, hmm, (laughs) maybe we need to get going here. Exactly. But for you, it worked. Yes, it did. Um, The Suzuki method patterns its method after um, learning music the same way a child learns its mother tongue, Um, whatever that language is, whether it's English, Japanese, Chinese. um, A child normally learns um, their language through repetition, um, listening over and over again. You know, you hear their parents talking and they want to mimic what they hear in the home. And so there is uh, 10 books um, that kids learn from and then also a CD or you know music Mm -hmm. that they have to listen to on a daily basis to start to train the ear. All right. So now you are you're sold on teaching kids music. I mean this is something you do yourself now. Yes, yes, yes. Why why is that so important to you? Well, I believe um well of course the violin is a great instrument and I'm not just being biased. (laughs) Do you Um, play any other instruments? Um no I don't. No I don't. Um I I do wish I had learned piano, but um I started on violin as I mentioned before and pretty much stuck with it and it has just opened up and afforded me so many opportunities Mm. um, that I'm truly grateful for Um, but there are so many benefits um, for a child learning a musical instrument regardless of what that instrument is Um, 
For one, this is one of the few disciplines um, that exercises the entire brain. Hmm. So you have the left brain as well as the right brain that is getting um, what is considered the equivalent of a full body workout. Wow. And then you also have things like goal setting. Um, say, for instance, there's a piece um, that the child is trying to learn. Um, you can break that up into a series of steps um, and and kind of... Um, set a goal as to, you know, when you want to learn the piece, how you want to learn the piece, and of course the teacher Mm -hmm. um, can help in that regard. But why is the violin an important instrument to begin with? It is the main instrument in the symphony. I mean, if you don't have the violin or strings, period, it's really not called a symphony. And it can be Uh, sized for children, too, right? Right. The violin comes in many different sizes um, from, I want to say, the 116th or 18th all the way up to the full size. Wow. Yes, which is what I have um, as a full-size violin. Um, It's just, you know, they say it's one of the most difficult instruments to to master, but it's just beautiful. It's very versatile. Um, You can play different styles on it, from gospel to bluegrass to country to, of course, And you cover them all. We'll we'll talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing that amazes me is the the range of talent that you have. But uh, tell me about the instrument you're holding right now. Well, the instrument I'm holding right now I have owned since age 15. So I was in 10th grade. Unfortunately, I don't know much about it. Um, there's a place in Memphis, which is my hometown, called the Clock Shop, and they had a violin shop in the back. And so um, I remember my parents taking me to try out a series of violins, and this is the one that I chose. And I've gotten so many compliments over the years of the sound of the instrument and the color of the instrument. It's a very dark um, wood, mm-hmm. dark in color. It's beautiful. And um, thank you. And so, uh, as they say, if it's not broken, don't try to fix it. You know, I've, <laughs> you grow pretty attached, don't oh, you? Oh, I have. I really have. And and like I said, I've just um just been told about the sound itself. So I personally love the sound mm-hmm. of the instrument. Well how would you describe that sound? Very warm, um, very mellow, um tugs at the heart, hmm. so I've been told. <laughs> well I think a lot of that has to do with the player too. <laughs> <laughs> well thank you. That's very sweet. <laughs> So it began in Memphis for you, yes. age three. Yes. Um, but at some point, though, you had to think, you know, this is, I'm going to take this seriously. I believe I made that decision as a teenager. You know, my mom, um, of course, noticed. She'll say she didn't expect me to um, take on to the violin as I have. She just kind of thought it would be something I would do for fun. But it really became um, a calling, a passion for me. Um so she just began to ask me, well, Shanoa, if there's anything else you could do, what if you lose a finger? What mm. if you broke your arm? What if, you know, and this is the only thing I could think of. And so I did set off to um, be a, become a soloist in college. And um, after graduation, I moved to Nashville and, and began to kind of think of it more as um playing music for the body of Christ hmm. as opposed to uh, in the classical music world. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about the integration of your music and your faith. Obviously, uh-huh. your faith in Christ is a big part oh, yes. of who you are and Absolutely. even how you play that instrument that you play so well. Absolutely. What, what is that about? What, what's going on in your head? Well, I played in church um, as a kid, as, as a child. Um, I was a member of a Pentecostal church, and so there was always an opportunity as a child for me to 
play a hymn or play a gospel tune in church, and the people would just love it. In fact, my sister and I both um, would play together. Um, One of my interesting memories is we were playing during offering time, (laughs) you know. The the famous offertory. Absolutely. (laughs) And that I would always be nervous, you know, because – uh, you know, as people are walking around to, to to bring their offering to the front, you know, all eyes or all ears would be on my sister and I, and I would always be nervous. But that was just one of the many opportunities um, that was granted to me, you know, as a child. And so, you know, you just begin to think, well, perhaps this is something God has called me to do. And, and then you hear of people who say they've been blessed and encouraged or, you know, and so it just starts to become bigger than who you are and realize that, you're playing a bigger part, you know, um, in the body of Christ, in the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So, um, and those are God-given opportunities. Oh, you, yes. You recognize them at the time and now as such. Huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, as you're playing, um, and I know you play with symphonies, and you, you play in all kinds of genres, don't you? Yes, pretty much. Um, what do you enjoy the most? I actually enjoy worship music. Um I feel the most free. I, I experience the most freedom. I don't have to worry about um, memorizing a note or a particular bowing or a fingering or shifting, you know, as you it's do. It's all right there inside. It's huh? all right there inside. And uh, it it just feels more natural to me. Um, so if if I did have a choice, it would be worship. Yeah. Well, just before we began our conversation, I asked you to play something in the studio for me. We chose a, a, a hymn tune. I know it as a hymn tune. You know it as... Well, I first knew it as part of a symphonic poem called Finlandia, written by Sibelius. And I had no idea that in that symphonic poem was a hymn called Be Still My Soul. And um, even though it's it's very beautiful, very melodic, and it, it tugged at my heartstrings whenever I would play it in an orchestral sa- setting, when I realized that it was a hymn, it just had even more meaning for me, you know, be still my soul. And in the times that we're living in, we really um, need our souls to yeah. be quieted and to be still even more. Yeah. Well, with your permission, I'm going to play what you played for me Absolutely. just before we began this conversation. Absolutely. That would be Shinoa great. Alamu. So beautiful and so pure. That's Shinoa Alamu, our guest today on First Person. And we'll continue the conversation coming up in the second half of the program. Stay with us. 
This program is listener-supported through your support of the Far East Broadcasting Company. I'm Ed Cannon of FEBC with a word of thanks for your prayerful support of what God is doing through radio and media in many countries. For video stories and scripture that will encourage your heart for the gospel, please sign up for our 30-day devotional at firstpersoninterview.com. There's no obligation, and you'll be amazed at what you learn. Go to firstpersoninterview.com. My guest today is Shanoa Alamu. Shanoa is a, a violinist of uh, just great talent. And Shanoa, I, I touched on the fact that you play with symphonies, you love worship music, but you can get down bluegrass and all the rest of it as well. I mean, <laughs> how, how, how is it that you can be so versatile with that instrument? Well, like I said or mentioned before, I, I started with the Suzuki violin method. And what it does is it trains your ear even before you begin to read notes. And so I just have an ear um, where I can pretty much play what I hear. And so <laughs> I, I, that astounds me. <laughs> I have no idea how a person could do that. But you're one of those people. Uh, I've I've been blessed, I'd say that. And also, um, again, as a musician, it just opens up so many opportunities and you meet so many different um, kinds of people in different genres. And so, believe it or not, um, when my family um, relocated to Springfield, Illinois, which is where I currently reside, um, we joined this church, um, Hope Evangelical Free Church in Springfield, Illinois. And one of the first things someone warned me about is do not get involved with, you know, a particular guy because he was a bluegrass musician, right? <laughs> oh, and stay away from those exactly, guys. Exactly. <laughs> stay away from that guy, right? But believe it or not, he got a hold of me and uh, he is part of the bluegrass, local bluegrass band called the Blue Jeez, okay. And I was given the honor of having a solo spot on that album. So, yes. <laughs> But they didn't ruin you, right? No, they didn't ruin okay. me. Right. Actually, I was quickly able to see how bluegrass and gospel music were closely intertwined um, with the use of improvisation especially. Yeah. And it's just amazing how these guys can just play and play <laughs> and play. You know, not a, not a sheet music in front of them, but they just have at it. And then Believe it or not, I was the um, winner of the Illinois State Fair Fiddle Contest oh, I remember in that. 2013. That on yeah, yes, yeah. and um, that was very, very interesting. <laughs> um, no, you said fiddle, so right. uh, let me guess what the style of music was. <laughs> right. It's, let me see. We had to play a hold-down and also um, a country ballad of okay. some kind. Right. And this was pretty much, you know, I was encouraged by a friend to do it, and I put it off for a year or two and and was at a different place mentally and said, you know what, let me challenge myself in this way and went and, and did it and um, was blessed to win first place in my age category. So <laughs> I know that, w- that was a lot of fun. <laughs> oh. Music has opened up all kinds of doors for you, though, hasn't it? Yes, it has. The Lord has done that through music. Yes, absolutely. And so I really would encourage parents um, to um, enroll their children in, in music lessons. Mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be the violin, although I would uh, <laughs> root for the violin yeah, in we, this we've case. We've heard you say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just... You know, whether they major in it or not, you know, or choose um, to play an instrument um, as a career choice, it really does just open you up as a person. You know, like I said, um, you 
One of my favorite childhood memories is I attended Interlochen Music Camp oh, yeah. when I was 18 yeah. in Interlochen, Michigan. I grew up in, in Michigan, Michigan and used to camp around that area oh, as a okay. kid and always would admire what was taking place at Interlochen. So you were actually there at Interlochen Yes, Plain. I was actually wow. there. There's a summer music camp um, as well as uh, an academy, but I was part of the summer music camp that goes on even to this day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like I said, I was 18 at the time, and my stand partner was from Venezuela and did not know any English, Wayne. And so we're sitting there, you know, me, of course, being American and, and trying to explain to him what the conductor is saying. And, but what was so phenomenal is that we were both there for the same reason, you know, and that is to make beautiful music together. So it didn't matter um, what countries we were from. We both knew a C-sharp. We both knew what up bow and down bow and, and different phrasings and, and dynamics. You know, we were both trained, you know, to learn this beautiful instrument. Universal language. It's a universal language. Yes, indeed. And so it wasn't until years later um, when I started my undergrad that we ran into each other in the hallway, oh. and his his uh, English was much better, and he remembered <laughs> me. You know, we remembered each other, and oh, wow. we were able to laugh about that moment. But again, it, it shows you how music is a universal language. Yeah. Let's talk more about music and children. Okay. Uh, you give your lessons yourself, yes. correct? Yes, okay, I do. Okay, so you enjoy that yes, part of it. Yes, I really giving, do. Giving back, so to speak. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and you start with the very beginning uh, rudimentary skills? Yes, I start with um, with Suzuki. Uh, that's what I've chosen since that's the method that I was raised in. Um, so, yes, and I start the child playing almost immediately. You know, of course, they start with the basics, learning to hold the bow, learning to hold the violin, um, learning how to stand. Um, And then they start to play the very first variation um, of Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. (laughs) So I really would love to play a little bit of that. So this will be the very first um, piece that I learned uh, starting at age three. Okay. All right. Twinkle, twinkle, little star. And it was called Chattanooga Choo Choo when I was growing up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I have this concert violinist here, and she's playing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little right, Star for us exactly. today. <laughs> but I can just see the smiles on a kid's face, a child's face, a three-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old, as they're able to play that tune that way. And I can see the smile on mom and dad's face, too. Oh, absolutely. It's, I think that's one of the biggest rewards I get as a teacher is when you start to see the results. Um, and another thing uh, about this method is because it's patterned after a child learning its mother tongue, the mother is actually the real teacher. 
Hmm. You know, so it is highly recommended that the mother sits in on the lesson. Okay. So they can, so she can learn right along with her child and then teach the child during the week. That's exactly what my mother did. But the mom is not playing an instrument. No, she's not playing the instrument, but she's teaching the child. All right. She's reinforcing everything that you are teaching. Reinforcing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because they learn more from mom. And of course, they spend a lot more time with mom. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. (laughs) So that's what my mom did. So one once you've completed all 10 of those books, what, what happens? And how do you know whether to push someone on from there? That's a very good question. Um, I feel like if they've gotten a, a good grasp of the piece um, and can play it comfortably and without, you know, a lot of struggle or anything, then it's kind of more on instinct, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um so you you intuitively feel those things when yes. you teach kids, don't yes, you? Yes, I do. I do. And then there's also training that I receive, you know, from the Suzuki Violin okay. right. Society or okay. Association. Well, the big question parents always have is how far do I, for lack of a better word, push my child in this direction? Encourage, I guess, is a better word. Yeah, how, I would how, use how, the word yeah. encourage. Um like I said, I believe I have been fortunate to where there wasn't a lot of pushing um, needed on my be- yeah, on my part. I was a self starter, and and again, just fell in love with the instrument. But it um, takes time, you know. You may not be a self starter to begin with, but I right. can see over time that talent develops, and you develop a love for it. So. You know, you really have to know the bent of the child, don't you? I believe so, and and and. I do tend to leave that up to the parent, you know, um, to know their child well enough to know whether or not they are just suffering, (laughs) you know, (laughs) while learning the instrument as opposed to them just not wanting to practice. You know, I really do believe there's a big difference, you know, in the two. Um, so well, Chanel, it's been fun to talk with you today. But Thank as we leave, you. I just I'm, I'm so impressed with the talent the Lord has given you. You you know yeah. where that comes from, right? Yes, I do. I do. I do. Like I said, I've just had um, there are two things. Um, just in my times of travel, you know, I've had so many people say, "Oh, I wish I had stuck with it." Mm-hmm. You know, I learned in elementary school, or I started in third grade, or I played in school orchestra, and that's the one thing that I regret. Is that I stopped and that I quit. You hear that a lot. I do hear that a lot. It's it's um, interesting, um, and then just how blessed people are. Just hearing music. Period. It it truly transcends, you know, racial barriers, um, spiritual barriers, um, you know, gender. It it yeah. truly circumstances is, of life. Whatever we're going through, of music life. is therapy. Isn't yeah. It? If you if you're carrying around a musical instrument, it is bound to strike up a conversation. It never. Fails, you know. Now their guests, they could be saying, "Hey, is that a flute? Is that a cello?" You know, <laughs> but they know it's something different. You know, they know it's not a suitcase of clothes. You know, and so that just opens up a door to just share your love of music. So thank you so much for this opportunity. Yes, my thanks to Shinoa Alamu for coming to the studio today. We'll put information about how you can reach her on our webpage, FirstPersonInterview.com. Our partner in bringing these interviews to you each week is the Far East Broadcasting Company. The stories of how FEBC's radio programs are reaching millions with the gospel are very exciting to me. And I'd love for you to see some video documentation of those stories and learn how God is using FEBC. One way to do that is to sign up to receive our 30-day online devotional, which ties the stories to God's Word for daily encouragement and challenge. 
It's quick and easy to sign up, and you can do that right at the front door of our website, firstpersoninterview.com. And to leave a comment, visit us at facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Once again, that's facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. And if you haven't already, download our First Person app for smartphones and tablets to listen anytime at your convenience. Search First Person Interview in your app store and then download any program to listen to. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Join us again for First Person.